As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Friday night. Are you ready for our big weekend? By the way, if you've got something going on this weekend that needs to have prayer behind it, then contact us. Just call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us an email at prayer at renner.org. Denise, are we people of prayer? We definitely are. And I want to encourage you, if you're having any kind of dire situation and you need prayer, I mean, concerning this weather that, that you've been having, please call our office. They will pray with you. And you know, Denise, sometimes, this is very unfortunate, but sometimes when people go to church, they're afraid to really open their hearts with people. And sometimes it's easier to call somebody. Well, if you call us, your prayer need will be held very confidentially. Nobody will ever know about it. And maybe you need a safe place to go to for prayer. Hey, here we are. We want to hear from you. Send us your email or give us a call. And we will really begin to pray with you. We believe that God wants to pump you full of power and energy and faith. He really will. He'll move in your life. You know, a verse that I've been quoting a lot lately and really meditating on is a verse that we grew up quoting in the Baptist church. Jeremiah 33, 3. What does it say? Call unto me and I will show, show you, you great and mighty things, things which thou knowest not. not. God wants to do things beyond our imagination, but he requires us to call unto him. And it's not enough just to cry. You got to cry out in faith. Mm -hmm. God doesn't respond to need. God doesn't respond to tears. God responds to faith. And if you will contact us, we will cry out in faith with you. And Jeremiah 33, 3 promises God will move in your situation. So let us know how to pray for you. And when you go online, be sure to get the study guide. Today is the last day we're offering it, guys. Today is the 10th time we've talked about God's hall of faith. 10 lessons. It is enormous. Now, this is just small because it's a sample. The real thing is quite enormous. It is loaded. It's like a whole banquet table prepared, put on the table in front of you. All you have to do is pull up a chair, get out your utensils and dive in. So please get yours. It's free. Worked hard on this. So I want you to have it. And while you're there, order the whole series called God's Hall of Faith. 10 parts. This is what I'm teaching in my regular program this week and last week, it'll feed you. If you've got a Bible study, oh, it would be so awesome. It will generate so much conversation. Have you guys noticed how we keep going back again and again and again to the subject of Moses? Mm -hmm. I mean, this teaching really is just riveting. Anyway, you can order yours today. But Denise, I'm glad you're here. And Paul and Maxine, we're going to have a good time tonight. Thank you, Rick. We are going to have a great time. I can't wait to start. Paul? All right, so every single day we've been talking about the Hall of Faith. I've been talking about Sparkling Gems, book number one, and Sparkling Gems, book number two. 
right now. I'm reading through Sparkling Gems number one, and I'm actually using it for our daily morning prayer in Russian. What does that mean, daily morning prayer? You say that every day. Tell people what that means. We have several daily programs. We have my father's daily program. Then we have this home group that is also every day. And then we have a daily morning prayer that is every morning in Russian where I lead prayer, read from the Sparkling Gems. We have a worship and a time where people can read their Bibles on our internet, Good News Church, or like we say, uh, IGNC, for Russian-speaking people all over the world. You know, most ministries have one daily TV program. We have seven. Yes. I mean, it is. I mean, when I look at what our team does, it is remarkable. And if you are a partner, I'm going to tell you, you are partnered with some hardworking people. We believe in the Bible, and we're doing our best to take teaching people can trust to them all over the world in multiple languages. One department of our ministry is producing programs in 10 languages. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. But Paul, when I wrote those books, I never dreamed that you would be using them in one of our daily programs. Well, it's a privilege to get to use them. And so Sparkling Gems number one, we've spoken from there, Sparkling Gems number two. Now, since we are talking about Hebrews chapter 11, I found a little bit more about Hebrews chapter 11 in August 15. Why God tests you. And here you speak from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 and 19. These books may seem big, but they're very easy to read because all you have to read is just a few pages every day. And before you know it, you'll get done with the whole book. By the way, the same thing would apply to your Bible, daily reading plans. Just read a little bit every day. And before you know it, you'll get through the whole Bible. Read your Bible every day. Maxime, welcome. Uh, Thank you. I'm very thankful to be here. I want to say something, and if it's okay, it's not connected to Hebrews 11, but it's a home group, right? Whatever you want to do. I want want to tell you that yesterday I was doing uh, one of the voiceovers that I do every day. Okay, what's a voiceover? Okay, you know, I hope you are enjoying all the programs Pastor Rick does, you know, where he does the stand-ups in Ephesus, in Israel, and then there's teaching. So all these programs are being translated into Russian, all of them, each and every one. So the same daily program you watch in English, Russian believers, they watch the the same daily program in Russian. And my job, my honor is to do all the voiceovers. So every day I sit sit in a booth with my headphones. But what is a voiceover? Well, I say it in Russian. So we take the translation. I... You read it, you yes. match my voice, you match my movements, it's a voiceover. Yeah, it's a voice. Yeah. We transform the whole program into the Russian. So I become your voice. Okay, let me ask you, why do we do that? Do, do I not speak Russian? You do speak Russian. You, you understand 99%. You I, actually, my Russian's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, you, but I can't do two programs or multiple programs in multiple languages, so we use English as the base program. Yes. And we transform it into every language. It's just the best way to do it. Okay. So the reason I started talking about it yesterday, something really blessed me. Something you said, it really touched my heart so deeply. I never connected these two things. You were talking about the upper room, the cenacle. Yeah. And you were describing the day of Pentecost. And you mentioned, and I heard it many times before, but I never connected it. You said the Holy Spirit came on the day when Israelites were celebrating harvest, the, the Feast of Harvest. Yeah. And God started started this harvesting process, what happened? Holy Spirit came, and you said the Holy Spirit, He is like a serp, sickle. Is it sickle? Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, He works as a 
sickle. He harvests souls, people's souls. And it blessed me so much. The day Holy Spirit came, it was the day when this greatest harvesting of souls And 2,000 years of church history, has we've been living in harvest. Mm-hmm. And we'll be living in it until the coming of Jesus. Amen. I never connected the day of uh, the Feast of Harvest with, with Pentecost. Yes, yeah, so the wonderful. same one. Also, the day of Pentecost is also the day that Moses received the law. Isn't that amazing? On the same day, God gave the law, and then later, God gave the Spirit. But let's go back to Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, tonight, we're going to pick up in verse 36. We've been talking about people who stood in a place of faith and the price they had to stay to stay in their place of faith. And tonight, we're going to begin in verse 36, where we find something very unusual. Okay, you guys ready for something very unusual? Okay, up until now, we've been talking about Old Testament characters. Let's talk about who we've been talking about. We started with Enoch, then Noah, then Abraham, then Sarah, then Moses, then Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Gideon and Barak and Jephthah and all the prophets and Samuel and David. We've been talking about them all. And then it talked about another category in the Old Testament. Many, it says others, the Greek word alloy, many multiples, who really had to go through agonizing situations to stay on assignment. But tonight we're going to begin in verse 36 where the word heteroi is used, the Greek word heteroi. Look at it. And others. Hmm. This word others is not the word allos. It's the word heteroi. Now he's talking about a different classification, totally different than anybody he's talked about up until now. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. Or when you come to verse 36, are you ready for this? He stops talking about the Old Testament. Everything until verse 36 is Old Testament. When you get to verse 36, he says heteroi from the word heteros. Now let's shift to a different group of people. Now he's talking about contemporaries. So he's not just talking about past historical characters. Now he's talking about people that he knows, others, our group. It's really what he's talking about, Christians. Had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, and moreover of bonds and of imprisonments. New Testament believers, just like Old Testament believers, had every opportunity to give up and walk away, but hupostasis, they chose to stay in a place of faith regardless of what price they had to pay. They weren't going to move from what they knew to be true. And when you come to this verse, it says, others had cruel trial of mockings and scourgings. The word trial, the Greek word para, it describes an intense trial. Then he says cruel mockings. This word mockings, is the word which describes a game of charades. And it was a game that was used by kids when they would make fun of others. It really means being publicly made fun of. They were mocked publicly. Then it goes on to say scourgings. The word scourgings, the Greek word, denotes the act of being recurrently beaten. Not beaten once. Beaten again. Give up. Surrender. Back off. Give it up. I will not beat him again. Give up, back off, surrender. I will not beat him again. These believers were not going to move. That's how you know they were in faith. And then it goes on to say, bonds and imprisonment. The word bonds 
describes one that is completely bound. The word imprisonment from the Greek word phulake, which is the word for a Roman prison, which was one of the most dreadful places in the Roman world. Believers were being beaten. They were bound and they were locked in prison for their faith in Christ. All they had to do was say, okay, we'll back up. That's all they had to do. But they would not because they were not going to move out of a place of faith. I think about Christians who were burned at the stake, people who were dragged into the Colosseum. You know, modern scholars say, there is no evidence that any Christians were ever killed in the Colosseum for their faith. Of course not. Of course not. They weren't burned as Christians. They're Roman Empire guaranteed freedom of religion. There were many religions. They were killed as troublemakers and as lawbreakers. They weren't killed for being Christians. They were killed for breaking the law. They continued to have church when they weren't supposed to have church. They broke the law in order to stay in a place of faith. That's why they were killed. Kids, girls, parents, grandparents dragged into the Colosseum and not just the Colosseum, Ephesus, all over the Roman Empire, northern Africa, fed to lions. All they had to do was say, okay, I won't do that anymore. And they would have been delivered. But they refused to accept deliverance. That is amazing. And verse 37 says, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted and slain with the sword. The word stoned means to heap over with stones. Sawed asunder, uh, the Greek word pridzo means to saw or to cut into, it was the horrible practice of sawing an individual in half. Do you know how they did it? They would turn you upside down, part your legs, and begin sawing you from your groin all the way down while the person was alive until finally they cut their heads in half. Who wants to go through that? But these believers would not surrender. It says they were tempted from the Greek word pirazzo, the word parazo means to put to the test, really put to the test. And specifically, this word, parazo, means to test an object to see if it will live up to the claims that have been made about it. It's like when they present a product on television. Before they present it publicly, it's put through laboratory tests to make sure it will really do <laughs> what you're boasting that it will do. These believers are claiming they're going to be faithful. They're claiming they have a word from God. Now the test comes, and the test is not sent from God. It's sent from the enemy. The enemy is saying, I'm going to see if I can break you. I'm going to see if I can prove that your faith will not work. He's coming to test you, to break you, to tear you down. And these believers are saying, just bring it on. I'm not moving. I'm not going to move. You want to find out what I'm made out of? Just bring it on. You're going to find out every claim I've made it's true. I'm going to live up to my faith. What an attitude. That is amazing. And then it goes on to say they were slain with the sword. Slain is the Greek word phonos. It describes butchery and carnage. Then verse 37 continues to say they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. The writer of Hebrews is talking about people he knows during the time of Nero, 
it is recorded by Tacitus that Nero dressed believers in goatskins, released them into the Colosseum and into other places. Well, actually, the Colosseum wasn't built yet, but into places like the Colosseum, and then released wild animals to kill them, tore them to pieces. All those Christians had to do was say, okay, we won't do that anymore. They died torn to shreds by animals because they weren't going to move from their faith. Being destitute. The word destitute means to be impoverished. They didn't have to be impoverished. They could have surrendered. They could have been more inclusive. It goes on to say that they were afflicted from the word thlebo. The word thlebo means to be under crushing pressure, incessant pressure. All they had to do was just budge a little bit. They could have moved out from under the pressure. It's amazing. And verse 38 says, of whom the world was not worthy. The writer of Hebrews knows this category of people. They are such good people here. They are suffering affliction. They're destitute. They're being killed. They're being sawn in pieces. He says, such good godly people. The world is not even worthy of this caliber of people. And then he says, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Oh, remarkable. The word wandering is a Greek word which means to wander or to roam. The word deserts, the word heremos, a deserted, remote place, out of the way, somewhere off the beaten track to live in obscurity. The word mountains describes a hill or a mountain. The word dens really describes a hole in the earth. The word caves describes a cavern or a hiding place. Sometimes they had to live in obscurity by faith. They had to live on the backside of the mountain by faith. They had to drop down into a hole and hide by faith. You know, one place where I've never filmed, but I really want to film, is in Cappadocia in northern Turkey. And in Cappadocia, you should look it up online. It is amazing. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Cappadocia and Bithynia and Galatia, well, the believers who live in Cappadocia, they lived in caves. They really lived in caves. Today, you can still visit those caves. At one time, 20,000 Christians lived in caves in Cappadocia. They lived in a cave by faith. That doesn't sound very victorious, but it took faith because they had made a decision, we're not walking away from what God has told us. I just think this is remarkable. And verse 39 says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, unbudging, unrelenting, they would not surrender, yet the Bible says they receive not the promise. Hold on, hold on. There's something else, very important thing in verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. You know what I think about when I read that verse? I think about Christians during the Soviet years, particularly beginning with the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. Please interrupt me at any time. You know, at the very first, the Protestants had a lot of liberty when the Bolshevik Revolution took place, but the liberty didn't last very long. And real persecution began. 
And just so you'll know, they were persecuted for not fitting in. They were persecuted for not thinking the right thoughts. They were persecuted for not falling in line with the new trends. Individualism was removed. Individual faith was removed. And from 1917 until 1991, the Soviet church suffered. Got better toward the end. Began to get a little better starting in the 1980s, but still they suffered. They stood in faith. And today, we are standing in what they were believing for. Many of them never saw it, but they stood in faith. And I always think about this, God having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. They believed for it. They gave their lives for it. We're standing in the manifestation of it. It's why when people talk about the great work that the renters have done, I usually put it on pause. And I talk about the people before us who paid a price we have not paid. We've paid a price, but we haven't paid the price they paid. They stood in faith. They went to prison. They died. They were sent to Borkata. Unbelievable. Hid secret underground church meetings. Believing that a day would come, shifting their faith. Either we're going to see it or the next generation is going to see it. A day will finally come when this will end and we can preach freely. That day came and we're living in the manifestation of it. And this verse talks about those who stood in faith, not perfect without us. There's a coming together. We are a manifestation of a past generation's faith. Thank God they did not budge. They didn't budge. Now we have our own assignment of faith. But much of what we're doing is a fulfillment of what that generation believed mm -hmm. for, Paul. It's an amazing heritage that we have. The amazing heritage of faith that's been passed down to us. And it costs something. For us to be able to trust in the Lord, have the teaching we have, the Bible, it truly costs other people something. Now, of course, it may cost you something today, but it costs something to people that came before you. And they laid the road, they made it possible for us today. And as we continue in what we're taught to do, we're making it possible for the people who will come after us. Mm -hmm. And when we run into difficulties, now you may want to call them persecutions or not, but when you run into difficulties and you have the temptation to let up, other people made it through. You can too. What you do has a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. When you walk away, it has a negative ripple effect. When you stay in faith, oh, sometimes it's hard, but you got to get your mind off of your present and think about the long-term effect of everything you do. Mm -hmm. There's a long-term ripple effect when you stay in a place of faith, Denise. I'm just thinking like what you guys are saying, that, that it's important for us to stay in faith, but it's not just about us. It's about those that are watching us. And I know that for myself, when I see somebody stand up for what they believe, it gives me courage. And, and so we can be an encouragement to one another. 
And it's important. It's important. Your decisions, my decisions are important because they're not just affecting me. They're in, they're, and your decisions aren't just affecting you. They're encouraging those that are looking at you. Maxime, did you want to say something? I'm, I'm thankful to, to the Lord for the changes he has made in Russia. Amen. Russia Amen. is a different place now. Like when I was in school, I remember our teachers were whispering, were telling us, you know, there's some Christians in our school. And we wanted, we, I, was, I remember asking my teacher, can you show me Christians? I have never seen Christians. She said, I cannot, but we have them. And she was whispering like it was something absolutely horrible. I mean, can you imagine we have Christians in our school? Well, Russia is a different place now. We have, our family has experienced a complete flip-flop. When we left the United States, we came to a Russia that had been atheistic for more than 70 years. Today, Russia is little by little turning to God. Even the government is slowly developing uh, policies which are considered to be very Judeo-Christian policies. I mean, it is amazing the good things happening in Russia, a trend toward good, solid biblical principles. And the West that we left, it's like a flip-flop. It's becoming godless. It's just unbelievable, actually. But those who live in the West, it's not hopeless. You just have to stand in faith. And we can tell you based on what we know here, that if you'll stand in faith, God will hear, things will turn around, and if they don't turn around quickly, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to stay in a place of faith because if you move out of a place of faith, you can't please God. That's Hebrews 11.6. Mm -hmm. Hey, be sure to get the download. Amen. It's free. You can get it right now. Just go to render.org. It's right on the homepage. Order the whole series, God's Hall of Faith. And Father, we thank you that you enable us to stay in a place of faith. Help us to hear you and then stick with what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Monday. Have a great weekend and let us know how to pray for you. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.